I want you to look with me some of these scriptures we'll have on the screen, but Proverbs 4.23 in the Amplified says, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. You'll notice carefully on the scripture how it says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. Right there, would have uh, you kind of could have put an exclamation point at the end because keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. But then it goes on to say, and above all that you guard, above all that you guard, meaning that your heart above all things should be something that we are very vigilant about, we are very diligent about guarding. So if we read it again, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. So we're to guard our heart above all else. You know, when the Lord, through His Word, says something like this, it needs to draw our attention, especially when He repeats something. When when He makes when, when the Lord says to guard something, to keep something, that is sending us an alert a little red flag, so to speak, that we should pay attention to. Why is guarding our heart so important? Well, it said there in Scripture, for out of our heart flows the springs of life. Out of our heart flows life. I want to look at a couple other translations. Um, same verse, but in the World English Bible it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it is the wellspring of life. The wellspring of life. I want you to picture, just picture a well, so to speak. And let's say you're out in a very parched area. There's not a lot of water. That well would be very valuable to you, wouldn't it? And you would drop that thing down, the bucket down, and you'd pick up some fresh water that would what? That, that water is literally life. If you get water in the desert, for example, that water, is, that, that water would be more valuable than gold. I mean, that water is everything. It is life. Well, the Bible's saying that in our heart is the wellspring of life. Another uh, a translation says in the Lexingham English Bible, it says, With all vigilance, keep your heart, for from it comes the source of life. So the source of life is coming from our heart. I want you to see that our heart is the gateway, it is the connection, or it is our source of life. So if something is our source of life, just picture that again, that well in the desert. Would you not guard that well? That well, like I said, is better than gold and silver. What does gold and silver do when you're dying of thirst? You know what I'm saying? That well is important. That well is life. That well is going to take care of you, take care of any animals you have. That well is important. You need to see your heart that way. That's what the Bible's saying. It's not just some metaphor. It's not just a, that's a pretty verse. That sounds nice. This is literal. And God says, guard your heart. Keep your, above everything else, guard your heart. For it is the source of life. Listen, your, out of your heart come the forces of life. Out of your heart, your heart determines the course of your life. And we're going to get more into that. But what I would like to real quickly is talk about what is the heart of man. 
What is the heart of man? Well, it's not the physical blood-pumping organ called the heart that, that, to be honest, you need to say because some people could literally be thinking, well, you've been talking about the heart, and the only heart they know of is the one that's inside. And in, that is a good example, but the fact that is, we're, that's not the one we're talking about. When we say the word heart in the Bible, we're referring to the core or the inner man, the heart of man, the innermost being or the center of the makeup of man. Now, I do want to, though, for a moment to help us understand the spiritual side of this, let's look at the physical side. Consider the human heart. The human heart is at the center of life for the body. In other words, it pumps blood throughout your whole body, and that blood is life to every single part of your body. The heart is the life center of the body, is what I'm trying to say. Now, I cannot see with my physical eyes the heart of any of you, okay? Your heart is inside your physical body. Now, I know it's there because you're looking at me. In other words, I know it's working because I can look at you and you can respond back, which means what? You're alive. Everybody, congratulations. You're here, all right? You're with me. So you're alive, so I know your heart is working. If I put my ear up uh, to your chest, I could hear your heartbeat. If I, if I went ahead and, and felt in certain areas, I could feel a pulse. I could see, I could prove that your heart is working without having to see your heart. Well, we can also do this. We could say that a, I, I can see the results of your heart. For example, if you had a weak, sickly heart, then you would have a weak, feeble body. If you have a good, strong heart, that usually indicates health. In other words, you're probably doing pretty good. Well, man, we know, is very careful about guarding their heart. Consider this for a moment. If the heart stops, what happens? Death is immediate. In other words, it's done. If the heart stops, death is immediate. Well, Consider those who go into battle or law enforcement. They wear a bulletproof armor of some sort. Why? To protect their hearts. But if you'll consider for just a moment, they're not protecting their limbs or their head in some cases. In other words, what are they concerned about? They're concerned about this area right here. Why? Because if you get me here, it's done. See, I can live without my arms, I can live without my legs, I can even live without an ear, I can live without a nose, but I can't live without my heart. My heart is everything. That's why we treat our heart precious, and a lot of these guys, again, will value their life, so they value their heart, and they protect themselves. At least the smart ones do, you know? I mean, they're the ones that are wearing the armor. Well, it's uncomfortable. It's better than death, (laughs) How many would agree? (laughs) If I was out there anyway, that would be my opinion. Well, the fact is, the physical heart is at the center of the life of the body. Well, scripturally speaking, your heart is at the center of your life. It's the most important part of you. Your heart determines everything about you. And this is where something like the topic we're talking about can get very expansive. Because when I say literally everything about you is determined by your heart, that is the absolute truth. Uh, let me show you a couple of scriptures that will help you. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen, and the World English Bible says this. It says, 
as water reflects a face, now I want you to just imagine that, work with me, water reflects a face. Anybody ever seen your face in a pond or some other water like that? As water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Meaning that the man is who his heart is. His outward part, he, who he is, his character, everything about him is determined by his heart. Let's look at another one. Proverbs 27, 19 in the New Living Translation. It says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. The heart reveals the real person. Now, to be honest with you, if I spent a little time with you and I didn't know you very well, in a few minutes' time, unless we did a whole lot of talking, I probably could not get a read on you in the sense that I know your heart, that I know you personally. But if you spend time with anyone over a period of time, you're going to be able to tell what is in their heart. Why? Because their life will reflect it. What is most important to them? What their values are? Your heart is everything. Everybody say it with me. My heart is the source of my life. So it is very valuable. It is a very important thing to guard. And we have to understand how to guard it, which we'll get into that. But if the Lord is saying, above all else, guard your heart. It is the source of life. Listen to me, your heart leads or directs your life. Think about it for a moment. Your heart determines what you value the most. It, it, what you treasure, what is most important to you, is developed out of your heart. Your heart determines what values you're going to live by, what type of character, what type of person you are. With your heart, think about it for a moment, with your heart, you believe God. That's a very important thing. How did you receive Jesus? How did you get saved? In other words, you believe with your heart. Your heart, okay? It's very important. With your heart, you will have faith and believe in God or you won't. An unbeliever is determined by their heart. A believer is determined by their heart. Everything about you is determined by your heart. I want you to listen to this carefully. Your heart and what it is filled with is of vital importance to your life. Your life here on earth and eternal life literally depends upon it. Everything is enwrapped, comes back to the heart of man in our individual lives. The Lord spoke this to me as I was putting together the message, and He brought this up to me. There have been people who loved God very much, very much, but didn't diligently guard their heart and ended up doing things they never would have imagined. For example, let's consider King David. David, the Bible says in, in the Word of God, that he was a man after God's own heart. From just a teenager, he loved God. He put God first, and it was shown throughout Scripture that no matter what circumstance he was in, what did he do? 
He did the right thing, right? He pressed into God, and God said, I found me a king. I found someone after my heart, someone that wants to do the right thing. And so God made him king. And God did some great things through David. But there was a time in David's life when the Bible says all the kings went to war. And David didn't go. And King David stayed in his, his palace, you know, whatever he had at the moment. And he happened to know that it's this beautiful woman taking a bath on another side that honestly he shouldn't have been focusing on right you guys are not sure absolutely not first of all he loves the lord and he's king and here he is in this situation but see he wasn't about what he should have been doing he wasn't focusing he wasn't he wasn't guarding his heart he wasn't being diligent about it he kind of let loose he took a little vacation from the Lord, so to speak. And he was kind of relaxing, and that opened himself up to something. And the fact is, is that we know that eventually, what did he do? He takes Bathsheba from a married man, and then has the man murdered. Now, does that sound like a good godly guy? No, that's messed up, isn't it? That is twisted and perverse in every way. But do you think David ever imagined in his wildest dreams that he would ever do something like that? That he would ever do something? There's been a lot of Christians, a lot of men and women that loved God with all their heart, that have done great things for God, that have gotten themselves in some serious sin. They've gotten themselves in some serious trouble. How did it happen? They didn't diligently guard their heart what does diligent mean diligent means what consistent i don't stop i'm diligent about it i'm faithful and they were guarding their hearts well guess what sometimes we cannot be so diligent about it and it opens our life up remember our heart is determines the course of our life our heart is everything to us that's why the lord said above all else Above all else, guard your heart. Well, like the physical heart is at the center of the physical body, the heart of man is at the center of man. So in order for us to fully understand the heart of man, we really need to kind of go over the entire makeup of man. Man is a three-part being made in the image of God. Not everybody knows this, so I don't like to make any assumptions, or some people have only heard it a couple of times, but it's very important. And you, you just write this down if you're taking notes. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, God has a conversation, and uh, he comes up with, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And the Bible says God created man in his own image according to in the image of God, he created him. What does that say? That we're made in the image of God. Say it with me. Man is made in the image, in the likeness of God. So in order to know what we really are, we have to know who God is. Well, Jesus told us in John four twenty four that God is a spirit. Okay? God is a spirit. He is a spirit being. Therefore, God, who is a spirit being, made man and all that we can see. So spirit is just as real as this natural world. 
This is something a lot of the church world doesn't quite understand. The spirit realm or the the spirit world, we could call it, or spirit material is just as real as this natural world. In fact, it's even at a higher level. Why? Because this natural world that we see that we can touch was made out of spirit. So that means spirit must be a whole nother level. And uh, praise God, we're made in God's image. So in other words, God made man in his image. What does that mean? That means man is an eternal spirit. He is an eternal spirit. Now God made man a three-part being. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, if you look with me in the New Living, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body. Everybody say it with me. Spirit and soul and body. So what, what makes up man? A spirit having a soul and living in a body. Now, man is a spirit being. That's who he is. That is where God made us in his image. He lives in a physical body and he possesses a soul. Your soul, without getting too deep into this, is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay, that's your soul. The physical body of man allows man to live, who is a spirit, to live on the planet earth or to live in the natural world. If you are a spirit being, you are not allowed to manifest in this physical world. In other words, you're not... A spirit being can't just live here in this natural world, okay? We we can't see them, all right? There are spirit beings. There are angelic forces. There are angels. There are demons. There is Satan. Um, There are many things that are in the spirit realm that we see the cause. We um, We see the results of them. We just don't see them, okay? But the fact is, if you are going to live in this physical world, you are required to have a physical body. All right? And that is really, really simple to understand if you consider this, this simple illustration. Let's consider an astronaut. An astronaut requires a spacesuit when they're out in space. Why is that? Because the human body is not designed to live in space, right? There's no oxygen. There's radiation that can harm you. The, the temperature is too uh, low. The fact is our physical bodies couldn't survive. So what the astronaut does is he puts on a spacesuit so that he can go out in space. And as long as he has the spacesuit and it's intact and he has oxygen, he's good to go out there. He can do what he needs to do out in space. The fact is the spacesuit is not the real man. The spacesuit is just something the real man on the inside is wearing to, to be out in that realm. Well, it's the same with you and I. We are a spirit being. All right, say it with me. I am a spirit being. So you are a spirit being, but you are housed in this physical body so that you can be here on planet Earth in the natural world, so that you can communicate and connect and, and, and so on and so forth. But if you're a spirit being... You're not allowed to be here without a body. This is why, without getting too far off of things, why demons want to possess or connect with a human. Why is that? So that they can impact the natural world. They can't live without 
they can't be on the earth without a body. So if they can possess a person, or which is very unusual, or they can, in most cases, kind of hop on board, so to speak, their spirit, then they can connect to the natural world through their physical body. For example, remember the madman of Gadara. He was demon-possessed. Remember Jesus went and visited him? He was the guy in the tombs that, that was chained. The chains could not bind him. How could a man break metal chains? How could a man do that? How could a man knock eight men that are strong men uh, and, and no one could bind him, the Bible says? Why? Because of demons that were inside him. He wasn't, you know, they were impacting his spirit, giving him a supernatural strength that normal man didn't have. But the fact is, is that, again, that's me getting off the subject just a little, but it helps you understand this. The spirit of man is the real man, the core or the inner man of the heart. The Bible refers to the words inner man. The Bible will refer to the heart of man. Both are referring to the spirit of man inside the physical body. If you want to write a couple of notes, 1 Peter 3, 4 refers to the hidden person of the heart. Ephesians 3, 16 refers to the inner man. Okay, So what you see looking at me right now is not the real me. Similar, but it's not the real me. The fact is, if something were to happen to me, I would leave this physical body, I would look similar but I wouldn't need this physical body anymore. In heaven, I don't need a physical body. Amen? Aren't you glad we get to shed it? That's why when someone dies, for example, real sick or ill or in pain, uh, we, we can be relieved that as long as they went to heaven, that you know they're free from that. Amen? They're free from that physical body. We're not forever going to live in a physical body. And the body that we will have forever will be a glorified physical body. Meaning that it won't be like it is now. You won't have the limits that you have now. Boy, I just keep on kind of nudging the edge of other subjects here. But let's stay focused. Everybody say, God made man in his image. Bottom line is, God is his spirit. Man is his spirit living in a physical body. The part of man, the spirit of man, the real you, is an eternal being, okay? Just like God. Spirits can never die, all right? Spirits can never die. However, physical bodies will eventually wear out. They will eventually pass away. They will eventually die. Let let me give you an example that all of you can relate to. How many of you are aging, all right. You look in the mirror. Some of you are like, no, I'm not. Well, you certainly look different than you did when you were six or 10 or 15 or 20. Or, and some of you can keep on going on up. You know, The fact is, is that you ever notice you look in the mirror and you see yourself and you feel like, I don't feel like what I'm seeing on the inside. In other words, I feel younger on the inside. I don't feel like I'm any different than I was 16 or 17. On the inside, well, that's because the outside of you is not the real you. The outside of you is just a suit that you're wearing. And how many know if you keep on wearing a suit, eventually you're going to wear it out, right? Eventually it's going to get old and pass away. But the inside of you 
It never ages. How do I know that? Well, 2 Corinthians 4.16, if we bring that up, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Meaning that you're never getting older on the inside. You know, I, I really do believe this. I, I can't prove it necessarily scripturally speaking, but I believe in heaven. I don't really think we're going to see people of all various ages. I don't think you're going to see old elderly people and little kids. I think somewhere in there we're going to see something that's a little more consistent than that. The reason I say that is because, again, it says that our spirit is renewed day by day, meaning that our spirit man doesn't age. It doesn't get older. We're an eternal being, so an eternal being doesn't age, right? So somewhere in there we're probably all similar in a similar range, that that's what an adult spirit looks like. And we're all about the same. Amen? Think about that. Your spirit isn't overweight. Your spirit doesn't have diabetes. Your spirit can see really good. <laughs> and it was your spirit doesn't have any hang-ups at all. You know? Isn't that good? Thank you, Philip. Clara. <laughs> now Listen. Let's get into guarding your heart real quick, all right? The heart of man, again, I keep on repeating this, is the spirit of man. It is the spiritual center of man. So as I said earlier, I really want all of you to pay close attention because this is important. What kind of person you are, okay, your character, whether you're a wise person or a fool, whether you're going to be rich or poor, and I don't necessarily mean in cash, I mean in a mindset, okay? Rich or poor, sick or healthy, whether you're generous or stingy, whether you're just an evil person and does evil things, or a good person that does good things, all of this comes through the heart of man. And that's why sometimes man finds himself even the one who loves the Lord, who's not guarding his heart diligently, doing things he wouldn't ordinarily do. Because he's not guarding his heart. He's not diligently keeping guard. If the Lord tells us to guard his heart, guard our heart, what does he mean? He means beware, be conscious. Someone's trying to attack it. Someone's trying to contaminate it. Someone's trying to infiltrate it to, to poison it. All right? That's why you guard something, to protect something, to keep others out, and to only let good things in. Listen carefully. Your heart is directly connected to your thoughts, your words, your actions, your body. Everything about you is directly connected to your heart. This is why it's so important that we keep and guard and protect our heart. Let me give you another scripture to help you with this. Proverbs 23, 7 and the New King James says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, I want you just to read the, the first part. Well, that's what we got up there. That would be the first part of the verse. For as he, or a man, thinks in his heart, so is he. That means the thoughts of your heart determine who you are, who you're going to be. Let me ask you this. Do not raise your hand, okay? But let me ask you, 
do you like everything about yourself? Are you, would you want everybody to know the secret thoughts of your heart? Would you say, uh, yes, pastor, I definitely would think there's some things that could be changed and improved on the inside of me and the way I look at things, the way I do things. You know, no one else may know but you, okay, and the Lord. But the fact is, your heart is where all this comes from. And that's why it's so important that we keep and guard our heart. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever, whatever you are in your heart, the thoughts of your heart, that's why I say a rich man is rich, not because of finances, but because he's rich in his thinking in his heart. And therefore, what does the Bible say? So he is. For example, you can take someone like that, okay? Someone who is a very generous person, knows how to handle finances. They've always, uh, they've had their heart, maybe it's a gift, and they've always done right in that particular area. And you can have someone rob them of everything they have. And it won't be long before they get it all back. Let me give you another way to look at this. Um, Someone once said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we just, uh, this is kind of on a socialist side, if we took all the money in the world and just split it up and made us all millionaires. And there's plenty of money in this world to make us all millionaires. Okay? Y'all with me? So we take all the money in the world and we divide it up to each and every person in the world and make them a millionaire. In 30 days, all the rich people would have the money back. Because poor people don't know how to handle it. That's why you can get someone who's poor, dirt poor, in their thinking. Remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why they can win the lottery and lose their shirt in five years. How in the world do you get rid of a half a billion dollars in five years? Well, go ask a poor person. They'll show you how. Why? Because in their heart, that's what they are. Now, that doesn't mean, can you change? Absolutely. Absolutely. It depends on what you're putting in your heart what you're putting in your heart you change the thoughts of your heart your life changes you see that you don't have to the areas that you don't like too much can be altered they can be changed praise god we're not just like watch well, just who i am no you're made in the image of god you're full of the love of god Amen? We're the righteousness of God. That's who you really are. But the reality is is that if you're not aware of all that, if you're not in the Word, if you're not confessing these things, you're going to have a hard time walking in them. And, And then the other side of it is a lot of people don't know the truth. You know, for years they were going to churches or places that that told them they're just this old sinner saved by grace, and they're still an old sinner you know, and they're just, this is just the way it is. And when we get to heaven is when all the glory will be. And that's where we'll get, you know, healed. And that's where we'll get wealthy. And that's where all will be well. I don't need that stuff in heaven. I need it now. (laughs) Right? Ain't no sickness in heaven. I mean, I need it now. You know, I need the goodness of God now. Well, your heart, again, is directly connected to your thoughts, your words, your actions, your body. Our life is connected directly to our heart. Our heart directs the course of our life, who we are and what we will do, the kind of person we are. Now, real quickly, 
the abundant life of God is available to every born-again child of God. Jesus came to give us what? Life and it more abundantly. And he did that through paying the price on the cross, right? And we receive him. And if you've received Jesus as Lord, then you're a member of the household of God. You belong to him and he belongs to you. Now listen carefully with that in mind, okay? The connection to the very life of God is through our heart, the inner man. The fact is, is that your heart, okay, is the connection to the life of God. How many want the life of God operating in your life? I'm sorry, anybody here not want the life of God? No, pastor, I'm not interested. Raise your hand. So that means if you're interested, what do you do? Put your hand up. Say, I want all that God has for me. Amen. I want all that God has for me. I don't want part. Amen. I don't know about you, but if, if health and healing is available, well, I'm not going to settle with sickness and disease if it's offered to me. Right? I'm not going to settle for being broken poor if it's offered to me. I mean, if, if, if riches and abundance is offered to me. I'm not going to go to hell if heaven's offered to me. Right? I'm not going to choose chaos and all that kind of stuff over peace if it's offered to me. Well, it's all been offered to you. But the connection to it, to operate in your life, is through your heart. And that's something we need to really get a hold of. The connection to the very life of God is in our heart. Now, can you see how important your heart is? Why it needs guarding why it needs protecting. Just like our physical blood-pumping heart is important, even more so our heart, our inner man, should be precious to us, valuable to us, for it is the source of the life of God. It is everything to me. It, another way to say that it is the gateway to the life of God. Your heart is the gateway, and it must be protected. Now, God helps us to understand the importance of guarding our heart through the verses that surround this particular scripture. Remember, the scripture we read initially was Proverbs 4.23. So I want to look at the surrounding scriptures to help you understand how do you guard your heart? What's involved in it? And we're just going to scratch the edge real quickly, okay, today, and we'll finish up next week. Proverbs chapter 4, look with me on the screen. Proverbs 4, starting with verse 20. My son... Give attention to my words. So God is speaking to us, and he's saying, give attention to my words. In other words, read my word. Give attention to my word. And he goes on to say, incline your ear to my sayings. Notice, now we're talking about what we hear. So we talk about what we saw, what we're giving our attention to, what we're listening to. Verse 21, do not let them, still talking about God's word, depart from our eyes. So we're keeping it before us. Then it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Remember, what is man in Proverbs 23, 7? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Do our thoughts matter? So this is talking about our thoughts. We're meditating on the word. We're reading the word. We're thinking about the word. Verse 22, for they, talking about God's words, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now verse 23, 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, or the forces or the outgoings of life. Verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Now, I want you to work with me for a moment, okay? Everybody say, I'm listening. I want you to pay attention, okay? You are a spirit. Now, can you see my spirit? No, you can't, right? I don't even have an x-ray to offer you, okay? You can't see my... Unless the Lord would somehow open your spirit to see my spirit, you couldn't see the real me on the inside. But there are gateways to my spirit, okay? My spirit is housed in an earth suit, the physical body, and you can see it, right? And you, you watch, I want you to pay attention, my earth suit has eyeballs that let the inside of me see outward, all right? I have ears to receive input from the outside world. So I have eyes, I have ears, I have a nose, I have, which the nose really isn't what we're focused on, but I'm just pointing it out. I have a mouth to speak and communicate with the outside world. See, I'm on the inside, but I need some way to communicate. Just picture this. Remember we said the spacesuit? Okay, remember the spacesuit illustration? You got the, the spacesuit was just the outer man, the real man's on the inside. But how does this guy in the spacesuit communicate with another guy in a spacesuit? Out in space, they can't just talk. Remember, they got a helmet on. I mean, you can probably scream, and there's on the other side. No, what do they do? They have what? They have mics and a radio. They have visual aids on them. They can read computers on their arm to know certain things. In other words, they have all these outward tools to let them communicate in a different environment. Your spirit can't communicate in this world without your physical body. This is how I get around in this physical world. You didn't see me float, did you? Right? I, I got my body and, I, and my spirit somehow controls my body and says, walk that way. Okay. You get it? I'm, my spirit is the one in control on the inside. And I can see through these eyeballs that somehow God connected to my spirit and my soul. And he, and he gave me ears that are connected. And He gave me a mouth to communicate what I want. Now, I mean, think about it for a moment. I'm made in God's image, right? How did God change circumstances and situations? He spoke His Word. I have the same ability to speak into this natural world from a spirit. I want you to think about it. So my body, all these inputs... And outputs are how I engage this natural world, right? But they're all connections to my spirit. They're all connections. What is my spirit? My heart. So I have to guard my heart. I want you to think about this for a moment. What we watch, what we read, what we hear, what we think on, and what we say have an impact on our heart, our spirit, inside this physical body. Think about it for a moment. This world, this fallen world that we live in, can try to contaminate our hearts. 
which directly impacts what? Our life. Remember, my life is connected to my heart, or my heart is connected to life. And so if you contaminate my heart, what are you doing? You're contaminating my life. Think about this for a moment. Take a hose. You just connect it to your house, okay? And you, you got that hose connected, and you spray it, and normally it comes out what? Clear, nice water, right? But maybe down the road, all right, where there's one of the pipes laid out, it blows, okay? Water pipe. Now, what happens to the water? First of all, is it impacted by what happened? Yeah, it's, it's going to slow down, possibly. It's also going to look nasty. Why? Because all that dirt, all that garbage now is, can get in the pipe. And as it's drawing, it's spewing that out. That's exactly what happens when you get contaminated with the world in your spirit. You have the life of God unfiltered coming up in your spirit. But before it can be released out your heart, your heart's all contaminated. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's got a bunch of things sitting on it. And that's going to affect, listen, remember, what does your spirit affect? It affects your thoughts. It affects your words. It affects your actions. It affects your body. You see how important it is to guard it, to keep it, to protect it? It's very, very important. So let me ask you this. I want you to listen carefully. Does it matter what we watch on TV? You don't need to answer that, but you think about Does it matter what we watch on TV or we watch on a movie? Does it matter what we listen to, what we're hearing? Does it matter what our thoughts dwell on? The fact is this. Does it matter what we say? Doesn't the Word of God say that the life and power of life and death is in our tongue? Right? Does it matter what we say? Absolutely. It's a matter of life and death. All these things we're talking about are all gateways. And they impact our life. Let's go ahead and stand with me. I want you to be aware of guarding your heart. Be alert to what you are absorbing in this world. How many would agree with me that you're seeing the world change right before your eyes? Now, we did when we were younger, we saw things. But how many of you know it seems to be exponentially changing now? And I mean more and more perverted, more twisted darker in some ways now the world looks at it as we're coming together but i'm looking at it thinking some of that is seriously messed up i mean there are some commercials you can get seriously embarrassed by watching i'm like i can't believe i just heard that over the air not the cable not something you had to pay for but just over the air that we're getting certain thought ways certain patterns shoved at us and influencing us and our kids are falling for it they think a lot of the things that we say that is absolutely wrong god's word says that is wrong and they're seeing it as completely normal because that's all they ever saw on every cartoon on everything they watch the two guys or two girls completely normal is it not according to the word of god but yet that's what's being accepted And see, we have to guard our heart. We have to keep our heart from being impacted by... You can just stay home and get depressed watching TV from all the commercials on drugs. 
you know, they got a drug for this and a drug for that. Then, you, then they'll, give you, they'll give you one minute how wonderful the drug is and how happy the person is and how their life has changed. And then give you two minutes about all the side effects. One of them I was reading was for headaches. Now what was ironic is it was for headaches, right? Guess what one of the symptoms are? Extreme headaches. I'm like, on top of all the other things that are going on in your body, I'm thinking, why would you bother, you know, I don't see the logic in that, you know. But the fact is, all, all these things coming at you, someone's saying, well, you know, healing doesn't always work. God works in mysterious ways. And things like that will impact you if you hear it and you hear it or you read it and you read it. And slowly but surely, we don't even realize we're seeing things through a filter we're not seeing the truth we're seeing it filtered the life of god coming into us has been contaminated it's been messed up the life of god isn't but we've in this world because we didn't guard our heart we didn't keep it in what we watched what we listened to and so on so what i'm encouraging all of you is let's fill our eyes our ears, our thoughts, and what we say with God's Word. That's what Proverbs 4 is telling us. How to guard our heart. By watching what comes in. By, by, by focusing on His Word. Then that life of God, the Bible says, will impact our heart. And health and healing will be ours. Isn't that a good thing? That's a good benefit. Our spirits and our hearts will be full of the life of God through His Word and His Spirit who lives in us but we need to guard our heart with all diligence. And so I want to give you an application this week as you go home. And we're all going to go about doing our things. I want to ask you this. This week, be aware of what media you consume. Be aware of it. And you all consume media in some form or another. Some of you might listen to the radio more than others. Some of you might watch TV. Some of you might... Um, look on the internet whatever it is the bottom line is whatever you watch on tv or view on the internet or material you might read be aware be conscious what am i reading is this helping me is this a good thing or is it just filling my head up with nonsense and garbage and be aware of your words your conversations what are you saying what are you listening to when you talk to someone else are you ask yourself this are you feeding your heart? Are you, are you feeding your spirit good things, helpful things such as God's Word? Or are you contaminating your heart? Are you, sometimes, it, it, Jesus even said this. Now listen, some of you might say, well, I don't listen to bad things, um, but I might not be listening to good things. Well, Jesus said this, and I wanted just food for thought. He said, you know, that we will give an account for every idle word. What does the word idle mean? It means a non-working word. It's essentially useless. It's just wasting time. We will give an account for that. Do you realize every idle word that has come out of our mouth? What are we supposed to have come out of our mouth? What we desire. Amen. Faith. God's word. Amen.